Okay, so this is our first session studying the Visuddhimagga. We'll be starting at the beginning, chapter one. Anakata, Pali, it's called Nidanadikata, the introduction, and so on. The Visuddhimagga is split into three parts based on the three trainings of the Buddha. The story, briefly, if you want to read in the introduction, you can get the long story of how the text came to be. But the short story is it was a test for the monk Buddhaghosa to see whether he knew what he was talking about. He had He was asked to put Buddha's teaching in one volume as a test and came up with the Visuddhimagga. So it's split into seven chapters which uh, have an overlapping framework of the seven Visuddhis, the seven purifications. So we'll go through those as we come up, come to them. The so the three trainings are morality, concentration, and wisdom, sila, samadhi, panya. And the seven purifications, the first purification is, the, is under sila, so it's called sila visuddhi. The second purification is jitta visuddhi, which is under samadhi. And so you have the first two, cha the first two sections each have one visuddhi. The third section, the section on wisdom, contains the other five visuddhis, or the other five purifications. But altogether it's called the visuddhi manga, the path of purification. And the idea is that these seven visuddhis constitute the path that leads one to nibbana, or freedom from suffering. Within each of the chapters, it's you'll see it's uh, there's a there's a structure to the well there's a structure to the sections anyway. So he's go, he gives an introduction, and then he asks how many types of sila are there, how many types of morality are there, and then he'll give one type and two types and three different types and so on. And he'll explain that. And everything is in a very strict, uh, rigid sort of commentarial format. Explaining words and giving alternate meanings and telling funny stories. So it's, it's at times entertaining, it's at times profound, it's at times pedantic, it's Quite a remarkable text that's made up of many different layers and many different kinds of teaching, levels of teaching. So we're going to be studying it probably fairly slowly. I, we'll have to see our pace as we go along. But I thought every time we start to study, we would recite the opening verse stanza. So first we can start with the 
homage to the Buddha, which is at the top of the first page. Everyone wants, you can just silently repeat after me. Problem because if you have your mics on, it's going to. Can I mute everybody else? What if I. Priority, I wonder what that means. Maybe we're okay if I do that. So, everyone, you can say it out loud. I think I'm. Single speaker, hello? Yes. Okay. Everyone together. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Then get this for everyone, but I'm going to say it in Pali first. Sile patitaya na rosapanyo itang panyancha bhavayang atapi nipako bhikkhu so imang vitataye jatangti When a wise man established well in virtue, develops consciousness and understanding. Then, as a bhikkhu, ardent and sagacious, he succeeds in disentangling this tangle. From Sanyuta Nikaya, Deva, Devata Sanyuta or Deva Putta Sanyuta, one or the other. So maybe I'll start us off and continue and read this first section. When a man, so I said that already, this was said, but why is, was it said? While the Blessed One was living at Savati, it seems, a certain deity came to him in the night, and in order to do away with his doubts, this is the angel's doubts, he asked this question. The inner tangle and the outer tangle. This generation is entangled in a tangle. So I ask of Gotama this question. Who succeeds in disentangling this tangle? Over and... Start us at the top of the list, so alphabetical order. Sure. I think um, about half of the group today doesn't have a mic that they're able to use, but I believe Bond, Brenna, Charlie, Tim, and myself, you know, do. So if we wanted to just kind of go through alphabetically, that might be very organized. Is my mic working? Yes. Yes. Sir. Uh, do you want me to read the next paragraph? Yeah, start at number two. Uh, here is the meaning in brief. Tangle is a term for the network of craving. For that is a tangle in the sense of lacing together, like the tangle called network of branches in bamboo thickets, etc. 
because it goes on arising again and again up and down among the objects of consciousness beginning with what is visible but it is called the inner tangle and the outer tangle because it arises as craving for one's own requisites and another's for one's own person and another's and for the internal and external basis for consciousness since it arises in this way this generation is entangled in a tangle as the bamboos etc are entangled by the bamboo tangle etc so too this generation in other words this order of living beings is all entangled by the tangle of craving the meaning is that it is intertwined interlaced by it and because it is entangled like this so i asked of gautama this question that is why i asked this he addressed the blessed one by his clan name as gotama who succeeds in disentangling who succeeds in disentangling this tangle who may disentangle this tangle that keeps the three kinds of existence entangled in this way what he asks is what he asks is who is capable of disentangling it okay this is already showing you the commentarial method of exposition so the first paragraph was a quote, um, sort of giving an introduction to the Visuddhimagga. The second paragraph here is giving the meaning of the first paragraph. So the things in, in italics are parts of the original verse or the two verses together, talking about tangle, and then it explains what is tangle. The inner tangle and the outer tangle talks about what that means. This generation, and it explains why he's using the word Gotama, the Blessed One. The clan name of the Blessed One was Gotama. A, a note on Pali words, if you're interested, we want to know how to stress them because Westerners often get the stress wrong. Pali, the, the convention for Pali and Sanskrit is to put the stress on the penultimate syllable, which is the second to last. So in this case, that would be the, the first A in Gotama. But that only is the case if that syllable is long. And to know whether a syllable is long, understand Pali Sanskrit. If it has a line over it, then it's long. So a, a long A would have a line over it. The syllable is also long if the syllable ends with a constant consonant, which would only occur if the if there were two consonants after the vowel. So in this case, that consonant is short. Now, if that consonant is short, stress goes on the antepenultimate syllable, which is the third to last. In this case, the O. So here, the stress goes on the O. This the the word is pronounced Gotama not Gotama. That's the reason. Just like Vipassana. Vipassana, when many Westerners pronounce it Vipassana, which is incorrect because the A is short. 
anti-penultimate syllable, which is the bus, vipassana, for your information. Thank you, Bhante. Brenna, can you read three? Sure. First, um, just just as a note, just to remember, you're you're welcome. Anyone's welcome to jump in if there's something that's not clear. Go ahead, Brenna. However, when questioned thus, blessed one whose knowledge of all things unimpeded, deity of deities, excelling Saka, ruler of the gods, excelling Brahma, fearless in the possession of the four kinds of perfect confidence. Wielder of the Ten Powers, all-seer, with unobstructed knowledge, uttered this stanza in reply to explain the meaning. When a wise man established well in virtue, develops consciousness and understanding, then as a bhikkhu, ardent and sagacious, he, he succeeds in disentangling this tangle. A note here, um, this is, the reason he's, to, he's uh, using this verse is actually because it refers to sila samadhi panya. Remember the three trainings that uh, set the outline for this text. Established well in virtue refers to sila, sila patithaya sila. Uh, consciousness and understanding. Consciousness is this word jitta, and it's not normally used in this way. It normally just means consciousness or mind. We translate it usually as mind, but. Uh, in this specific instance, it refers to the uh, state of mind or the oneness of mind. Uh, in other words, concentration, so a, a fixed state of mind, a higher state of mind. So you're actually developing concentration. What this one refers to is concentration, and understanding is refers to wisdom. Chittang Banyan Chambhavayang refers to the, the second training and the third training. The practice, what he's saying is that through the practice of morality, concentration, and wisdom, one succeeds in disentangling this tangle. Thank you, Brenna and Bhante. Charlie, can you read four? My task is now set out the true sense, divided into virtue and the rest. Of the same verse composed by the great sage, there are here in Victor's dispensation seekers gone forth from home to homelessness and who, although desiring purity, have no right knowledge of the sure straight way comprising virtue and the other two. Right hard to find that leads to purity who, though they strive here, gain no purity. To them I shall expound the com comforting path of purification pure in exposition, relying on teachings of the dwellers in the great monastery, let all those good men who do desire purity listen intently to my expulsions. So this is actually Buddha Gosa saying this. It's, it's his setting out his task and proclaiming his task. Great monastery refers to the place where he was staying the time when he posed this, and it was the place where the seat of Theravada Buddhism really at the time, and what that means, it's the place where they had this set of commentaries on the Buddha's teaching, and he was using these commentaries to put together the Visuddhimagga. 
Thank you. Herein, purification should be understood as nibbana, which being devoid of all stains is utterly pure. The path of purification is the path to that purification. It is the means of approach that is called the path. The meaning is, I shall expound that path of purification. Tim, can you read six? In some instances, this path of purification is taught by insight alone. Three, according as it is said. Formations are all impermanent. When he sees thus with understanding and turns away from what is ill, that is the path of purity. And in some instances, by jhana and understanding according as it is said, he is near unto nirvana, in whom are jhana and understanding. And can you move your mic a little bit away from your mouth? You're getting a lot of puffing. Is that better? And in some instances, by deeds, comma, etc., according as it is said, by deeds, vision, and righteousness, by virtue, the sublimest life, by these or morals purified, and not by lineage and wealth, and in some instances, by virtue, etc., according as it is said. He who is possessed of constant virtue, who has understanding and is concentrated, who is strenuous and diligent as well, will cross the flood so difficult to cross. And in some instances, by the formations of mindfulness, etc., according as it is said, because this path is the only way for purification of beings, for the realization of Nibbana. This is so said, and four foundations of mindfulness. And similarly, in the case of right efforts and so on, but in the answer to this question, it is taught by virtue and the, and the other way. He's giving several different ways of understanding the path. Ways the Buddha explained the path. I'm sorry. This example was Sita Samadhi Panya. Good, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Bhante, did you want to read as well? Or? All right, so for me, number seven. Here is the brief commentary on the stanza. Established well in virtue means standing on virtue. It is only one actually fulfilling virtue who is here said to stand on virtue. So the meaning here is this, being established well in virtue by fulfilling virtue. A man means a living being. Wise means possessing the kinds of understanding that is born of kamma, 
by means of a rebirth linking with triple root cause. That's a reference to the Abhidhamma, rebirth linking with triple root cause. Triple root cause means this person was born with uh, non-greed, non-anger, and non-delusion. means their mind was free from greed, anger, and delusion when they died. And that's important because if you die with delusion in your mind, you can't be re you can't become enlightened. The technical person who is born with delusion will not be able to understand the truth. So, the, the, for the arising wisdom to occur, there has to be the sort of base uh, of rebirth. There's some there's explanations in the Abhidhamma. Develops consciousness and understanding, means develops both concentration and insight. For it is concentration that is described here under the heading of consciousness. Insight under that of understanding. Ardent, atapping, possessing energy. For it is energy that is called ardor, atapa. Sense of burning up and consuming, atapana, paritapana. He has that, that he, thus he is ardent. Sagacious. This understanding that is called sagacity, sagacity. Possessing that is the meaning. This word shows protective understanding. Our understanding is mentioned three times in the reply to the question. Herein, first is naive understanding. Second is understanding consisting in insight. So the third is the protective insight, the protective understanding that guides all affairs. He sees fear, bayang ikati. Fear could also be danger here. He sees danger, bayang ikati, in the round of rebirth. Thus, he is a bhikkhu. Commentary does this, you'll see, with words. That's why we have to actually use the Pali, because otherwise you wouldn't understand why seeing danger in the rounds of rebirth made him a bhikkhu. But the word bhikkhu is said to come from these two words, bayang and ikati, put together. Ikati means he sees, he or she sees. Bayang is danger or fear. He succeeds in disentangling this tangle. Just as a man standing on the ground and taking up a well-sharpened knife might disentangle a great tangle of bamboos, so too he, this bhikkhu who possesses, possesses the six things, namely this virtue and this concentration described under the heading of consciousness, and this threefold understanding, and this ardor, Standing on the ground of virtue and taking up with the hand of protective understanding exerted by the power of energy, the knife of insight understanding, well sharpened on the stone of concentration, might disentangle, cut away, demolish all the tangle of craving that had overgrown his life's, his own life's continuity. But it, it, it has, but it is at the moment of the path that he is said to be disentangling the tangle. The moment of fruition, he has disentangled the tangle and is worthy of the highest offerings in the world with its deities. 
That is why the Blessed One said, When a wise man established well in virtue, develops consciousness, consciousness and understanding, then as a bhikkhu, ardent and sagacious, he succeeds in disentangling this tangle. So when, when this says naive understanding, would that be like an intellectual understanding? Interesting. I wonder what the actual what the actual poly is. Sorry, you had cut Did I cut out there? Yes, I, I couldn't hear what you said, sorry. Yeah, just trying to figure out what the um Daya Samanagato. No, it's not naive actually, it's Jati Panya. Interesting. Naive is, is a wrong translation there. Now the first panya refers to the panya that he is born with, or she is born with. Jati panya, jati means birth, so it's the wisdom of birth that which was referred to earlier in regards to meaning meaning born with the three roots of or the root of non-delusion. So it means being born as a wise person. The second one is actually practicing and, and gaining insight through meditation. And the third one, I'm not quite sure how that differs, but um, but it it atapi nipako it protective means then uh, referring to clever in terms of knowing how and when to practice and uh, how to protect one's practice by use of requisites and not abusing requisites by avoiding certain individuals and by avoiding activities and places and so on, conducive to the meditation practice, by maintaining association with things that are beneficial and so on. So this third one, Nipako, is maybe a more worldly wisdom that protects one's practice. Thank you. It's interesting that first one, naive, is a mistranslation quite glaringly as well, as far as I can see. Unless it's because it's a German translating this, and it might have something to do with the meaning of naive in German. Or what the word naive comes from. Anyway. Oh, thank you for explaining it. Band, could you read it? Yeah, I just want to ask what uh, ardency meant. I keep saying that word. I don't really understand it. Ardent. Sounds like passionate, doesn't it? Ardent. Isn't in English, don't we use ardent to mean like an ardent lover or something? Ardent, ar ardor means, um, in a sense, there's passion, but point is um, working. Atapi 
uh, comes from the same root or the same root as tapas, which means exertion or or effort. But tapas also means heat. Literally, it means heat, and it's the same as the Latin word. Uh, I don't know what the Latin root would be. The word temperature comes from the same root, but it refers to heat, meaning that uh, tapas or atapi refer to the effort that normally a physical type of effort that would actually create body heat, running or, or exercising or, or working hard. And so it simply came to mean a exertion. So here, atapi is, is um, and as with many words, you have to you have to be able to separate the colloquial use of a word and the actual reality that underlines the usage of the word. So in this case, it's just referring to effort. The underlying reality, the the, the truth really going on is just effort. But he uses the word atapi to mean exert yourself. Google just, I just put it into Google and some synonyms that popped up were fervent, zealous, wholehearted, vehement, and the archaic meaning burning and glowing. It sounds like what you were saying with the heat. Okay, thank you. Uh, herein, there is thing for him to do about the naive understanding on account of what he is called wise. For that has been established in him simply by the influence of previous comma. But the words ardent sagacious mean that by preserving with energy of the kind here described by the acting in full awareness with understanding, he should, having become well established in virtue, develop the serenity and insight that are described as concentration and understanding. This is how the Blessed One shows the path of purification under the headings of virtue, concentration, and understanding there. Thank you, Brenna. Can you read the next one? What has been shown, sir, is the three trainings, the dispensation that is good in three ways, the necessary condition for the threefold clear vision, etc., the avoidance of the two extremes and the cultivation of the middle way, the means to surmounting the states of loss, etc., the abandoning of defilements in the three aspects, prevention of transgression, etc., purification purification from the three kinds of defilements, and the reason for the states of stream entry, and so on. How? He's going to now, this is where he goes way in depth. It might even seem like he's reading way too much into something very simple, but he's going to really just take something very simple and, and found it in, in different ways extrapolate upon it in different ways, which is a useful technique. 
teaching tool where you take something simple and then you extrapolate on it. He claims that this simple statement has many, many different show how this simple teaching but a lot of other things that come from it. Thank you. Charlie, can you read 10? Here the training of higher virtue is shown by virtue, the training of higher consciousness by concentration, and the training of higher understanding by understanding. The dispensation goodness in the beginning is shown by virtue because of the passage. And what in and what is the beginning of profitable things? Virtue that is quite purified. And because of the passage beginning, the not doing of any evil, virtue is beginning of disposal. And that is good because it brings about special qualities of non-remorse and so on. It's goodness in the middle of, it's goodness in the middle is shown by concentration because of the passage beginning Entering upon profitability, concentration is the middle of the distance, and that is good because it brings about the special qualities of supernormal power and so on. Its goodness is the end is shown by understanding. Because of passage, the purifying of one's mind, this is Buddha's dispensation. And because understanding is its culmination, understanding is the end of the discipline. And that is good because it brings about equal pose with respect to the desired and understanding and the undesired. For this is said, just as a solid mass rock remains unshaken by the wind, so too in face of blame and praise, the wise remain immovable. Lots of Dhammapada references in that one. Um, it's actually the same. Well, there's the second one, but three of them are the same verse. It's referring to three parts of the same verse that actually does the... same thing. The Sapapapasa Akaranang, which means not doing any evil. Sampada means entering upon the profitable concentration the purification of one's own mind to wisdom this is the teaching of all Buddhas it's called the Ovada Patimokha it's a very famous Buddhist teaching reading it out and showing that Actually, it's basically showing how how central this these three things are. It's, it's as a defense of format in the outline of of his book. See the Samadhi Panya, and there's you know, there's many more references that he doesn't give that really make it clear that Samadhi Panya are a very good way of giving the core 
path. In fact, the three trainings make up the Eightfold Noble Path as well. The Eightfold Noble Path can be summarized into Sila Samadhi Panya. It really is literally the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. Thank you. Likewise, the necessary condition for the triple clear vision is shown by virtue. For with the support of perfected virtue, one arrives at the three kinds of clear vision, but nothing besides that. The necessary condition for the six kinds of direct knowledge is shown by concentration. For the support of perfected concentration, one arrives at the six kinds of direct knowledge, but nothing besides that. The necessary condition for the categories of discrimination is shown by understanding. For with the support of perfected understanding, one arrives at the four kinds of discrimination, but not for any other reason. And the avoidance of the extreme, called devotion to ad indulgence of sense desires, is shown by virtue. The avoidance of the extreme, called devotion to mortification of self, is shown by concentration. The cultivation of the middle way is shown by understanding. Ante, what does he mean by the categories of discrimination? This is an interesting, interesting claim here, and I'm not quite clear on the reason for separating them out here. But uh, Patisambida, there are four Patisambida. Their um, special attainment that is not universal among enlightened beings. So this is actually not a terribly important passage, but it's interesting. It um, It's referring to sort of specific aspects of enlightenment, like the triple clear vision is the Tivija that I think only a Buddha gets. I'm surprised as to why that is shown by virtue. It's not immediately clear to me why that is. The Tivija means remembering past lives, Seeing the arising and ceasing, rising and passing away of beings, watching them be born and die, cessation of violence. The six direct knowledges are magical powers, or five of them are, and the sixth one is the cessation of defilements or the destruction of defilements. Four Patisambida are just special sort of distinctions. Special distinctions. Dhamma Patisambida, Atta Patisambida, Niruti Patisambida, and Patibhana Patisambida. So, Dhamma, knowledge of the Dhamma, uh, sort of special distinctive knowledge, like. Um, person has very powerful knowledge of the Dhamma and Atta means the meaning of the Dhamma. Niruti means uh, language, so the ability to use language, exemplary ability and usage of language. Patibana means uh, debate or answering questions ability to, to respond and to argue and to teach that the categories of discrimination are referred to. But it's not clear to me why the 
Oh, it's actually in the footnote. <laughs> I get this happens sometimes where it's already explained quite well in the footnote. Meaning law, no, that's not a really atta, atta dhamma, niruti, and patibana. Patibana refers, I think, to the ability to to debate. But the question is why they relate to sila samadhi panya like that. I'm not quite clear why that is interesting anyway. Thank you. What is the divine ear element? It's a clairaudience, ability to hear things far away. That's cool. Tim, could you read the next one? Likewise, the means of surmounting the states of loss is shown by two. The means of surmounting the element of sense desires by concentration and the means of surmounting all, all becoming by understanding. And the abandoning of defilements by substitution of opposites is shown by virtue, that by suppression is shown by concentration, and that by cutting off is shown by understanding. There are three ways of abandoning defilements, being free from defilements. Substitution of opposites. Not convinced on the... the um, anyway, this isn't quite canonical, but... Um, substitution of opposites means, so if you're angry, then you actually, you would be loving. You know, that's the substitution of opposites. Although maybe it's not. Maybe in that case, substitution of opposites means by changing your behavior. You know? If you're angry, you you guard yourself so that you don't get angry. If you're not angry. Uh, whereas when you're angry, giving love is actually a form of suppression, you could say. But uh, I'm not completely clear on that. But uh, through wisdom, the only the the only way to cut them off is through wisdom. Thank you. Could you read thirteen, Bhante? Likewise, prevention of defilements, transgression is shown by virtue. Prevention of obsession by defilement is shown by concentration. Prevention of inherent tendencies shown by understanding. So these are the three types of defilement, the actions and thoughts and inherent tendencies. But these before, actions that are defiled are done away with through morality. Thought, defiled thoughts and mind states are done away with through concentration. But the tendency to become defiled is only done away with through wisdom. And purification from the defilement of misconduct is shown by virtue. Purification from the defilement of craving by concentration. And purification from the defilement of false views by understanding. Thank you. Bond, can you read 14? 
Otherwise, the reason for the states of stream entry and once return is shown by virtue. That for the state of non-return by concentration. That for arahantship by understanding. For the stream enter is called perfected in the kinds of virtue and likes the once returner. But the non-returner is called perfected in concentration and the arahant is called perfected in understanding. So thus far, these nine and other like triads of special qualities have been shown. That is, the three trainings, the dispensation that is good in three ways, the necessary condition for the threefold clear vision, the avoidance of the two extremes, and the cultivation of the middle way, the means for surmounting the states of loss, etc., the abandoning of defilements in three aspects, prevention of transgression, etc., purification from the three kinds of defilements, and the reason for the states of stream entry one. Thank you, Brenna. Charlie, can you read 16? However, even when the path of purification is shown in this way, under the heading of virtue, concentration, and understanding, each comprising various special qualities, it is still only shown extremely briefly. And so since that is insufficient to help all, there is an order to show it in detail. The following set of questions dealing in the first place with virtue. What is virtue? In what sense is it virtue? What are the characteristics function, manifestations, and proximate cause. What are the benefits of virtue? How many kinds of virtue are there? What is the defiling of it? What is the cleansing of it? So here we've, we've finished with the introduction. Started on, now he's starting on the first one, virtue. Saying it's not enough. What we've just explained isn't enough. So we have to put this, put together this huge book. We can practice it in detail. He's going to give in, you, you, you can see already how detailed this book and meticulous the exposition is. He's going to go into some detail and it can be quite heavy at times. always helpful. In, in many ways it makes a good reference manual to go back to. Some of you might be thinking, oh what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> now I'm thinking if, if it wasn't for a group like this, I don't know if I'd ever, you know, tackle this on my own. This is, this is going to be great. Here are the answers. What is virtue? It is the states beginning with volition present in one who abstains from killing living things, etc., or in one who fulfills the practice of the duties. For this it is said in the Patisam Pita, what is virtue? There is virtue as volition, virtue as consciousness concomitant, virtue as restraint, virtue as non-transgression. Here in virtue as volition, 
is the volition present in one who abstains from killing living things, etc., or in one who fulfills the practice of the duties. Virtue as consciousness concomitant is the abstinence in one who abstains from killing living things, and so on. Furthermore, virtue as volition is the seven volitions that accompany the first seven of the ten courses of action, comma, in one who abandons the killing of living things, and so on. Virtue is consciousness concomitant is the three remaining states consisting of non-covetousness, non-ill will, and right view, stating, stated in the way beginning, abandoning covetousness dwells with a mind free from covetousness. So there's um, the, the one problem we're going to have here is many of you aren't going to be familiar with the terminology, and he's going to refer to things that he doesn't explain because they're below him, they're beneath him. And it's not arrogance, it's, that's just a joke. He's, he's just, his audience, he expects his audience to already know these things. Fortunately, many of us don't. Um, first of all, the Patisambhida that he's referring what, to is what? actually a book called the Patisambhida Magga, which this book is actually based on. The Patisambhida Magga is, in Burma anyway, it's considered canonical. It's understood to be the teaching of Sariputta, and maybe uh, it's understood to be the teaching of Sariputta. But it's very terse. If you think this is dense, the Patisambhida, it's about half the size so much more dense and it's uh, very very hard to read but in many ways this book is taking a lead from that one and so you'll see him referring to it quite often so when he says said in the patisambhida he means said in the, in the book called the patisambhida manga path of discrimination but as to what is Something that you won't understand, just let me finish with this one. The seven, seven volitions of the ten courses of action. So the ten courses of action are uh, ten wholesome or ten unwholesome types of, of action. The first seven are, are, are physical and verbal actions. So this is killing, stealing, lying, cheating. So, first, sorry, the first three, killing, stealing, and cheating, those are the physical, and then lying, gossiping, harsh speech, and useless speech, those are seven, and this, the last three are mental. So the ten methods of action are three physical, four verbal, and then three mental, which he mentions here as the three remaining states. And he's referring to the good side. So the first, in, on the good side, it's not killing, not stealing, not cheating, and then not lying, not gossiping or backbiting, not using harsh speech and not useless speech, non-covetousness, non-will, right view. Thank you. Tim, can you do 18? 
Virtue as restraint should be understood here as restraint in five ways. Restraint by the rules of the community. Restraint by mindfulness. Restraint by knowledge. Restraint by patience. And restraint by energy. Herein, restraint by Patimopoha is this. He is furnished, fully furnished, this Patimopoha. Koha, restraint. Restraint by mindfulness is this. He guards the eye faculty, enters upon restraint of the eye faculty. Restraint, restraint by knowledge is this. The current in the world that flows, ajita, said the Blessed One, are stemmed by means of mindfulness. Restraint of, cur uh, of currents, I proclaim, by understanding they are damned. And use of requisites is here combined with this. But what is called restraint by patience is, th is that given in the, in the way beginning. He is one who bears cold and heat. And what is called restraint by ener energy is that given in the way beginning. He, he who does not endure a thought of sense desires when it arises. Purification of livelihood is here combined with this. So this fivefold restraint and the abstinence and clansmen who dread evil from any change of transgression met with should be understood to be virtue as restraint. Virtue as non-transgression is the non-transgression by body or speech of precepts of virtue that have been undertaken. This in the first place is the answer to the question, what is virtue? Now as to the rest. Okay, so there's a few things that won't be easily understandable. Patimoka refers to the 227 rules of Buddhist monks. So it refers to precepts. A lot of these, a lot of the things in this book are going to be specifically applicable to ordained monks, and so you just have to understand them as as applicable to lay people in a abstract sense. So it refers to any type of rules, if whether you're keeping five precepts or eight precepts, it means restraint in regards to not breaking rules. Mindfulness is clear. Um, right, restraint. So he's giving quotes, and he's not giving the full quotes. Restraint by mindfulness means guarding the eye faculty and the ear and the nose and the tongue and the body and the mind as well. But he's just giving the beginning of each quote. Restraint by knowledge. Okay, that's clear. Requisites. Restraint by patience means bearing cold and heat and hunger and thirst and pain and so on. Restraint by energy means not endure. He works to eradicate evil, works to cultivate good, works to uh, maintain good, and works to keep evil from arising.
Thank you, Bhante. Can you read 19? Mina. In what sense is it virtue? It is virtue, sila, in the sense of composing, silana. Again, he's just decomposing the words. This is a grammar lesson. What is this composing? It is either a coordinating, samadhana, meaning non-inconsistency of bodily action, etc., due to virtuousness, or it is an upholding, upadharana, meaning a state of basis, hadara, owing to its serving as foundation for profitable states. For those who understand etymology, admit only these two meanings. Others, however, comment on the meaning here in the way beginning. The meaning of virtue is the meaning of herd. The meaning of virtue is the meaning of cool. He often does this. He says others. Often he'll go even further to say, but they're wrong. That's not, that's not correct. But here he doesn't say that. It doesn't seem to think very highly of these two. But this is common throughout the book. They're going to try to define a word based on its roots, which is useful. So we're all through this chapter, this section. We're just trying to understand what is meant by virtue. What is meant by this first? How do we start? How do we set ourselves, establish ourselves in morality? That's what we're for in this chapter and you'll see how detailed how advanced it can get one of the things that's a, a little hard to follow is when like when he says non-inconsistency of bodily actions wouldn't that be the same as saying consistency yes <laughs> they just make it harder all ah, right well it's it's coming from the poly there's uh, okay. a not avoiding inconsistency. Connected. Hi, Martin. Hi, Thomas. Hi, everybody. Martin, you're Martin, echoing, you're I think. You have to get you a headset. I'm going to have to mute you. Or you have to figure out how to use echo cancellation. I think Martin is deafened now, too. I just need to figure out how to undeafen him. Okay. Okay, for those that just joined, we're in the Vasudhimaga on past the um, introduction in the main part of it on page 11. And we're just going through and the people that have uh, their mic set up are just reading um, sections at a time. So Bond, could you do 19? Yep. We just did 19, uh, we're on 20, oh. I think. I know. Sorry, 20. Now, what are the characteristics, function, manifestation, and proximate cause here? The characteristic of it is composing, even when analyzed in various ways, as visibility is of visible data, even when analyzed in various ways. Just as visibleness is the characteristic of the visible database, 
visible database, even when analyzed into the various categories of blue, yellow, etc. Because even when analyzed into these categories, it does not exceed visibleness. So also the same composing described above as the coordinating of bodily action, etc. And, and as the foundation of profitable is the characteristic of virtue even when analyzed into the various categories of volition, etc. Because even when analyzed into these categories, it does not exceed the state of coordination and foundation. While such as a characteristic, its function has a double sense. Action to stop misconduct, then achievement as the quality of blamelessness in virtuous men. So what is called virtue should be understood to have the function, nature, of stopping misconduct as its function, nature, in the sense of action, and the blameless function, nature, as its function, nature, in the sense of achievement. For under these headings of characteristic, etc., it is action, kicha, or its achievement, sampati, that is called function, rasa, nature. Yeah, um, there are four, this isn't again Abhidhamma method, there are four main aspects to any Dhamma. These are the, the characteristic, Pakana, yeah. Rasa, proximate cause, which is the, I can't remember the Pali. We got the Lakana, Rasa, Upatana, Padatana. Lakana is it as characteristic, rasa is the nature of the function. So nature here has multiple meanings. Yeah, they usually use rasa actually means taste. What is the flavor? But it general means um, what sort of function does it? Thank you. Charlie, can you read 22? Now, virtue. So, say those who know itself as purity will show. And for approximate cause, they tell. The pair of consciousness and shame as well. This you'll, virtue is you'll, you'll see he tries to rhyme things at any chance he gets. This is the German translator. Quite well translated, actually. This virtue has the kinds of purity stated thus. Bodily purity, verbal purity, mental purity. 
it is manifest, it comes to apprehend as a pure state. But consciousness and shame led by those, its proximate cause, its near reason, its is the meaning. For when consciousness aim or in the in existence, virtue arises and persists, and when they are not, it neither arises nor persists. This is how virtue care function, manifestation, approximate cause should be understood. These are the four things, the characteristic, the function, the manifestation. See him use this. This will be used in different places in the text, used throughout the commentaries. If you read the uh, Abhidhamata Sangaha commentary on the uh, Abhidhamma, all of this, every, every Dhamma has these four things. It's quite interesting. I used to have a little book in Thai, that listed every dhamma and its anadichatuka. What are the benefits of virtue? Its benefits are the acquisition of the several special qualities beginning with not remorse. For this is said, ananda, profitable habits, virtues, have non-remorse as their aim and non-remorse as their benefit. Also, it is said further, householder, there are five benefits for the virtuous in the perfecting of virtue. What five? Here, householder, one who is virtuous, possessed of virtue, obtains a large fortune as a consequence of diligence. And this is the first benefit of the virtuous in the perfecting of virtue. Again, of one who is virtuous, possessed of virtue, a fair name is spread abroad. This is the second benefit for the virtuous in the perfecting of virtue. Again, whenever one is virtuous, possessed of virtue, enters an assembly, whether of kitayas, warrior nobles, or brahmans, or householders, or ascetics, he does so without fear or hesitation. This is the, th the third benefit for the virtuous, perfecting of virtue. Again, one who is virtuous, possessed of virtue, dies unconfused. This is the fourth benefit for the virtuous in the perfecting of virtue. Again, one who is virtuous, possessed of virtue on the breakup of the body after death, reappears in a happy destiny in the heavenly world. This is the fifth benefit for the virtuous in the perfecting of virtue. There are also many benefits of virtue beginning with the being, with the being dear and loved and ending with the destruction of cankers described in the passage beginning if a bhikkhu should wish, may I be dear to my fellows in the life of purity and loved by them, held in respect and honored by them, let him perfect the virtues. This is how virtue has as its benefit the several special qualities beginning with non-remorse. It's the second time I've seen that word cankers. What does that mean in this context? It's just another word for defilements. It might be uh, asa, asa, what might be the Pali, which we often just translate as taints. Asa, what it's just the asa, which really means the 
the streams, the outflowings, or the, the by which one becomes entangled with the world, maybe it's a translation of it. Tim, can you read 24? Dare anyone a limit place on benefits that virtue brings, without, we, without which virtue clansmen find no footing in the dispensation. No Ganges and no Yamuni, no Sarabu, Sar Sarasi, or flowing Akivati. Uh, or noble river of Mahi is able to wash out the stains in things that breathe here in the world for only virtue virtuous waters can wash out the stain in living things no breezes that come bringing rain no balm of yellow sandalwood no necklaces besides beside or gems or soft efflu effluents of moonbeams can here avail the calm and soothe men's fevers in this world. Whereas this noble, this sublimely cool, well-guarded virtue quells the flame. Where is this to be found, the scent that can with virtue scent compare, and that is born against the wind as easily as with it? Where can such another stair be found that climbs as virtue does to heaven or yet another door that gives onto the city of nirvana shine as they may there there are no kings adorned with jewels and pearls that shine and do a man restrained adorned with virtue's ornament virtue is entirely uh, virtue entirely does away Virtue entirely does away with dread and self-blame and the like. This, their virtue to the virtuous, give gladness always by its fame. From this brief sketch may it be known how virtue brings reward and how this root of all good qualities robs of its power every fault. See, we have even poetry. Yeah, he definitely kind of goes back and forth in, just in terms of the style. Yeah, it varied. Bunte, can you read 25? Now here is the answer to the question, how many kinds of virtue are there? Firstly, all this virtue is one kind by reason of its own characteristic of composing. It is of two kinds, as keeping and avoiding. Likewise, as to that of good behavior and that of the beginning of the life of purity. As abstinence and non-abstinence, dependent and independent, as temporary and lifelong, 
as limited and unlimited, as mundane and supermundane. These are the kinds of, the way it is, two kinds. He's going to explain all these, so there's no reason to explain any of these right now. What he's going to do in the rest of this. It is of three kinds, as inferior, medium, and superior. Likewise, as giving precedence to self, giving precedence to the world, and giving precedence to the Dhamma. As adhered to, not adhered to, and tranquilized. As purified, unpurified, and dubious. As that of the trainer, that of the non-trainer, that of the neither trainer nor non-trainer. It is of four kinds, as partaking of diminution, of stagnation, distinction, penetration. Likewise, as that of bhikkhus, bhikkhunis, of the not fully admitted, of the laity, as natural, customary, necessary, due to previous causes, as virtue of the patimoka restraint, restraint of sense faculties, purification of livelihood, that concerning requisites. It is of five kinds, as virtue consisting in limited purification, etc. For this is said in the Patisambhida, five kinds of virtue, virtue consisting in limited purification, virtue consisted in unlimited purification, virtue consisting in fulfilled purification, virtue consisting in unadhered to purification, virtue consisting in tranquilized purification. Likewise, as abandoning, refraining, volition, restraint, and non-transgression. We haven't said how far we're going to go or how long we're going to, sorry, how long we're going to do these sessions for. Want to go further or if everyone's kind of brains are full at this point. As here, next we're going to get into explaining each and every one of these types or, or categorizations uh, of virtue. That's a good time to... My brain has just gotten to the full point, so... <laughs> okay. Let's stop it there, and everyone can go home and reflect upon that and meditate on it, and... I'm full, too. Thank you, everyone. I think that's enough for today. So we'll try and do maybe an hour and a half every time then, because that seems about right. And maybe even halfway through, we'll take a little meditation break or something. That sounds good. And for the people who joined a little later, the the link that was given, the private link, it, um, just please don't um, share that online or anything. It's just a private link that's HTML um, and just for our use here. So thanks everyone for tuning in and the recording will also be online hopefully if that recorded properly. I'll have to go over it now. Thanks, Yes, thank you everyone. Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. I didn't even post this on Facebook, so let's see what happens when we really start people actually start cultivating interest in it. Okay, be well and see you next week. Thank you.